Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. Jesus is speaking in this passage. Listen for what God wants to say to you today. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he had brought, had, has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they might have life and have it abundantly. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning once again. It's great to be with you. I want to say hi to those um, worshiping with us online today, listening to this sermon podcast later in the week, and to all of you who are here today uh, on this special Deacons and uh, Stephen Ministry Caring Ministry Sunday. Welcome. Good to see you. Uh, I was away the last weekend at the men's retreat of our church. We had a great time away, but it's also good to be back together and to look around at some of the men, some of the guys I got to know a lot better this weekend, That was, or this last weekend. It was a great time. I wonder, uh, on this spring forward uh, week, how are you doing? <laughs> Is it a little rough? Um, I wonder if, you, if you're more of a spring forward person or a fall back person. Turn to someone next to you. Do you prefer spring forward or fall back? Just let them know. Just tell them what you think. Oh, hi, Margaret. Hmm. What do you think? Spring forward? You, you just wanted to... <laughs> Neither one, okay. Um, I wonder if it's a mix in the crowd. We'll see. Uh, we're continuing today with our sermon series through the I Am Statements of Jesus. These are places where Jesus gives us uh, images and ideas about who he is, what his purpose is, how he works and functions among us. And this week, we hear Jesus saying here in this scripture passage, I am the gate for the sheep. And I want to explore that idea with you this morning. Jesus is using the image of a sheep pen or a sheep fold. We can imagine a big um, fenced-in area in a farm or a countryside where there'd be like a metal gate or a wooden gate, right? You know, you think about it at a farm, and that's the way the sheep come in and out of this enclosed pen. The basic idea is that the, the gate or the door is an entryway. It's used to keep those who are inside safe, to keep danger away, to secure valuables, to allow exit in case of emergency. We always look for emergency exits. The gate is a borderline between outside and inside. And in the context of Israel-Palestine in the time of Jesus, the first century, we learn a little bit more about what Jesus might be talking about here. In his time, there would have been flocks of sheep who were moving around the countryside. That's what flocks of sheep do. They wander around nibbling everything. And at night, the shepherds want to keep them safe, so they would gather them together into the pen, into the place uh, uh, of safety. 
And maybe, maybe it looked like this. This is the kind of thing that they would have in that um, area. You'll notice that in this particular sheep pen made out of stones, there is no gate. There is no door. The reason for this is that after the shepherd would bring in all his little sheep, they would literally lay down and form the door themselves. They would physically, literally put themselves between the sheep inside and any danger outside. They would become the door. Jesus is saying, I am the door. I am the one who is laying myself down for you. I'm the one who's putting myself between you and the troubles of the world which you will certainly face. I'm the one who's letting you in and sending you out again. I'm the door. Isn't that a beautiful image? When we were planning this I Am, the, I am sermon series, uh, we placed this particular passage here on this particular Sunday because it's Caring Ministries Sunday. We, were, we want to talk about the deacons of our church and the Stephen ministers who will be commissioned in a few minutes and those who are already functioning and the way that Christ-like service to others through love and care by these leaders means laying oneself down. That's what Jesus is talking about in this image, laying oneself down, putting the needs of others first, being a person who uses time and talents, abilities, gifts, focus, attention, care, and love, and using that to be directed toward those who are hurting or in need in some way. And Jesus is like that. Last weekend at the men's retreat, we were looking at an image. It was an, it's an artwork. It's from this altarpiece um, done by Matthias Grunwald in the 16th century. And here it is. It depicts the crucifixion of Christ. And this is a famous scene that we've all seen many times before. Here you can see Jesus at the center on the cross. And then right beside him, you'll see John the Baptist, who's there pointing his finger, his bony finger, to the Christ. And the interpretation of this altarpiece artwork is that John is the one who is pointing again and again to the person of Christ who suffers and gives himself up for the people for our sake. The 20th century Swiss theologian Karl Barth had this altarpiece in his study, and he focused on the way that John pointed others toward Christ with that bony finger, and Karl Barth said this, I want to be that finger. I want to be the one pointing others to Christ, and not the glorious Christ, the all-powerful cosmic Christ, but the Christ who gives himself up and lays himself down for you. So I want to point you again today with my little bony finger towards Jesus Christ this morning. Not in a cosmic sense, not discussing everything that he means to us, but in this one small way, this one small detail of where he tells us what he is like, Jesus is the one who lays himself down for us. Like a shepherd who becomes the door and I wonder if you could walk through a door like that, if you could trust a door like that, if you could see why a door like that might be just the thing you need. I saw a piece recently um, online by a pastor friend of mine who said that in many of our relationships in life, we are motivated or directed or animated from a place of power, fear, or pain. And she said, power, fear, or pain. She said, what would it look like if instead of that, 
we operated from a place of love instead of power, fear, or pain. And at first, I saw her little posting on Facebook, and I thought, ah, it's obvious. We're all good folks. We're all good Presbyterians. We're trying to operate from a place of love. But then I kind of just reflected back over the last week or month and just thought, you know, there are a lot of times when we do um, move from these places, these other places than love. Maybe from power, which has to do with where do you stand? Who's in charge? Who's up? Who's down? Who's higher? Who's lower? Who's able to control a situation? Who's perceived to have more power or less power? Sometimes we, we move that way. Or maybe we operate out of fear, which is a big motivator. Especially, I think, fear is a big um, push among people who do not know each other well. There's fear when you do not know someone else. Fear is a first cousin to distrust. We fear the unknown, which is related to saying if we don't know or, or trust the motives behind how people act, especially if they're somehow different from us, we can get into conflict. Maybe it's a difference of gender or generation. Maybe it's ethnicity or cultural background. Maybe it's political party or perceived personal views. I bet you might work out of fear when you encounter someone who's different in some of those ways, especially if you don't know what the future holds. You know, when you're in time of anxiety around your kids or your health or your job or or a project you're working on. And here's Jesus sort of ushering you into a place of safety and security. We often operate out of fear. Maybe it's a place of pain, where we've, we've talked before about Richard Rohr and his great line that pain which is not transformed will be transmitted. If you don't do the work inside yourself to deal with your own pain of life, you might just spew it out to everyone else accidentally, incidentally. Maybe something has hurt us, something that's problematic in our lives and experience, and we can often see others through that prism. If I snap at you about a silly thing, you can bet there's something going on in me. It's more about my own stuff than about yours. If you encounter a person who kind of comes at you a little too hard on something, there's probably something going on in their life. They're probably coming from a place of pain and it's coming out. I'll tell you something true. Here in our congregation, in our church, here at PCLG, we've often received um, members who have come to us from other church experiences, other um, church backgrounds. And maybe I'm talking to you today, and maybe you know who you are. Sometimes those previous church experiences didn't go that well or ended badly for some reason or were full of pain or hurt in some way. And so when you're in a new place, it's, it's kind of, it can be natural to go to that pain point, to assume um, those, those kind of bad intents of the past in the current situation. And I have to smile. I always smile. And Pastor Erica kind of, and I have this uh, heart for those of you who are here who, who had some kind of bad pain in your, in your background around church, and you're coming in trying to find your place. And something, um, sometimes you're used to conflict in a church setting, and you don't find it. But you kind of look for it because you're used to it. And we're trying to teach you, you don't have to look for that. We don't have to get into that. That isn't what we're about. But when you find a place to belong, you're able to do some of the healing work, you know, to grow up in your own self, to let God minister to you, 
and then you orient differently. So you have a different, um, a different relationship when you are then able to bring your lives and your gifts, even if you're a wounded healer, into the body and offer it to others. A person with a painful past can be a gift, but they need to be handled carefully, unwrapped carefully. Church family like this is a, meant to be a place where you can unpack your life, where you can be safe to grow with God, where you can have a relationship or friendships with others who are also on this journey. And I'm saying all of this about power and fear and pain because this pastor was asking, what if instead of those things, we moved from a place of love? And the model for that kind of action is Jesus, the one who, whose love invites us into the sheepfold, whose love is laid down like a sacrificial leader, the one who offers us not just a, a place, a, a way into safety and belonging, but also sends us back out with hope to face the things that we have to deal with. One writer says, that for, says it this way, for church um, members, people, oh, people like y'all, um, the pasture is outside in the world, and clergy often forget this. He writes, here is the root of the difference between clerical and lay religion. The laymen, it's like members of the church, find in religion the strength for doing in a Christian spirit the work which unbelievers also do. I'll say it again. The layman finds strength for doing in a Christian spirit the work that unbelievers also do. The pasture is out in the world. It's not in here. So when you come through the gate of Christ into the sheepfold of the church, it's not to stay here. It's not just to be here. It's to gain strength and perspective and healing, perhaps, to then go out again and face the world, to do with Christ's spirit the things you have to do. It's kind of like the gas station image of church. You know, you roll in on empty, barely making it, or for you electric vehicle people, I don't know what the equivalent is, but you're almost out of charge, and you roll into that gas station, you got to fill it up, and then you keep going. You don't stay at the gas station. You don't want to live there. You want to keep going, but you got to fuel up along the way. Jesus' image of being the gate that in which the sheep can enter through is an invitation to come in and find safety and rest, healing, wholeness, belonging, true identity, and then to take all that good stuff and bring it out with you, out into your life. Bring it with you as you face the challenges of this world. St. Augustine, who was the fourth century bishop of Hippo in North Africa, he writes this to his people. He says, when I seek to get into you, that is, into your heart, I preach Christ. Were I preaching something else, I should be trying to climb up some other way. And I'm trying to preach Christ to you today to bring you a little more into the presence of God, to make sure that you are able to receive the spiritual nourishment that you need, that you can find healing and comfort and peace knowing that you are part of God's beloved little flock but also to see that this is good news, that Jesus as the life gate through which we enter is a way in for you. Let me offer you this interpretive device, a little interpretation for this text. Um, where Jesus says, I am the gate, um, we can read it and understand that word as grace. So verse 1 becomes, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by grace 
but enters in some other way is a thief and a bandit. Jesus, the gate, is not a barrier to entry, but a way of coming in. Grace is the way. The way is not our own way, and the way is not the world's way, which is full of performance, earning your, your spot, paying your dues. Jesus' way in to the sheepfold is grace. And the gate to eternal life in Christ is grace. So using this lens, we continue with the passage, and it says this, verily, or very truly, verily, that's a churchy way, very truly I tell you, I am grace for the sheep. He goes on, I am grace. Whoever enters by me, by grace, will be saved and come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So the paradox of this image, and kind of try and stay with me here if you can, the paradox of this image from Jesus and who he is and how he works is this, that the gate, which could seem like a limiting factor, is about grace and freedom. And we find most freedom within limits. Isn't that a paradox? We find most freedom within limits. That's why bedtime routines for kids are good. They go to bed, and they wake up happy and ready to face the day. Have you ever stayed up way past midnight watching a Netflix show or something? And how do you feel the next day? Not great. You should have gone to bed, had some limits. But the freedom that you receive is the benefit of living within those, um, those limits. So we are not people who seek to live any old kind of way. We don't want to be people who operate from like our basic impulses only, our own, only our desires, our needs, like power, fear, and pain. But the grace of Jesus Christ sounds like this. You're accepted. You're invited. You're welcome. You're home with God's people in the flock. And in this place, you can be ministered to and find your purpose as well. So the gate to the sheepfold it doesn't hold you inside like your little like, sheep hostage. Um, the gate brings you in, but then it sends you out. And there's this healthy flow to find pasture, to wander around and live your life. Jesus says, I, might have, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And so your abundant life in Christ is a picture of both safety and security along with freedom and grace and the flow between those two realities. So today, I just want to point my bony finger once again towards the person of Jesus Christ at our center to let you know that the gate is open, but the gate is not a gate full of like rules and laws and things to remember and memorize and worry about. It's a gate of grace. It's a gate of love. And if that kind of gate into, that kind of, into a way of life with God is speaking to you or calling to you, my prayer is that you might enter through it again today. Maybe for the first time. Maybe again and again. Maybe if it's been a while. Jesus is the one laying down his life, <coughs> opening the way, and inviting you through. So will you come? The goodness of God is waiting. Amen.